Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. This is the third in a three-part series about how we've been experiencing the pandemic and all the emotions and dynamics between friends, family members. It's been a lot. And I wanted to unpack some of it using some frameworks from psych research and also from therapy. And last week we talked about fear and Kate Lambie, who's a psychotherapist and my friend came on to share how she's understood fear as really permeating all of our reactions and responses. And certainly with the clients she works with and with her own relationships that she has been cultivating and remaining connected to despite a lot of heightened uh, emotions and concerns throughout this time. And I wanted to also address values. And Kate, I, I kind of see Kate as a values expert. I don't know if she knows that I think that. About <laughs> because Probably just because I talk about them all the time. <laughs> yeah, because they underlie everything. They are, they they're the underpinnings. They do. And in ways that aren't always available to us. And when we understand our values, we have a much greater sense of ourselves and who we are and what we're about and why things bother us and why we get into conflict. And of course, I'm always talking about values in the context of romantic relationships and for listeners to be sure that they're very well aware of values that they hold so that they can partner with someone who aligns with those values. And in this case, we're looking at relationships and how we have moved through the last couple of years based on our values because a lot of our responses, yes, they were based on those prior beliefs that we talked about in the first episode in the series. And then certainly fear has done its thing to all of us. And also values are at work all day, every day. And they have absolutely influenced how we have framed and understood and responded during this time. So Kate, thank you so much for coming to join me again. And let's talk values. Sounds good. Let's dive in. So when you think about, again, I don't know that the average person who isn't like a little psych therapy geek like us would be thinking of values as necessarily being such a prominent portion of why we're struggling with our relationships due to the pandemic, due to how we see it, due to certainly the vaccine and whether we should or shouldn't get it and the mandates and all the things. So speak a little bit just about your understanding of values as they've woven their way through this last couple of years. Yeah, values are basically fundamental beliefs that we have. And we may be aware of our values or we, actually we may not even be aware of our values. And we are just behaving in our life and not even aware of like, oh, wait, I really value this one thing. Yeah. But basically, you know, core values, again, whether we know we're doing, we're valuing something or not, it helps us fulfill our goals and helps us figure out if we're on the right path for ourselves and where we want our purpose to be and what the things are we want to fulfill in our life. Right. So when we think about all of us stepping into March of 2020, which is when I know the virus was around before then, but that's really when it hit the mainstream. Sure. 
and universities were shutting down for the semester and masks and the social distancing and all these things and two weeks to flatten the curve. When you think about that, what sorts of values do you think are in conflict? Why might we struggle because maybe our neighbor is experiencing these last two years with her values as that foundation. And then we might be differently experiencing things differently because of our values. And I think, like you said, we didn't, man, a crisis will certainly bring those values to the surface, won't they? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I mean, I would even argue that people can have the same values, but behave in different ways towards that value. Yes. Let's get an example of that. Let's (laughs) concretize this. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about I guess the vaccine. It's actually an mRNA gene therapy, just for clarification. (laughs) (laughs) See, I value language because language is powerful. It it is. And let's call it the mRNA. How about that? Because it is, we both agree on that for sure. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, you know, but you know, I said that just to be silly because I know I can, we can play like that, but I, I actually don't, and someone got really mad at me. There was someone who responded to one of the episodes I did that I kept calling it the jab. And I didn't mean that to be disparaging or pejorative necessarily. I just, I won't call it a vaccine because it's not a vaccine in the same way that like a polio vaccine or smallpox vaccine sure. is. And, and that's, yeah, I, I don't know that anyone, even people who are pro-vax, mm-hmm. even Pfizer or Moderna, they wouldn't if they were asked. It's not, it's not an inert portion of a virus. It's, it's a literally a different thing. It's an mRNA gene therapy. Right. So words, so there's a value right there. Like to me, words are powerful. Words hold meaning. Sure. Words communicate. And for people who may, maybe aren't digging into some of this stuff other than what they see on nightly news, they would be like, oh, it's a vaccine. And I've had people say that to us, to Dan and me. Like, well, what do you care about this vaccine? Because it's, you got vaccinated as a kid. Right. And so then then I have to say, well, no, it's an mRNA gene therapy. So getting back to a value, there's some, I mean, we could we could probably speak for eight hours about all the different values that are a part of this last couple of yeah, years. Yeah. And I just want to say in response to what you shared, <laughs> that I think, no, that I think that I know you've done a lot of your own research and I definitely respect that. And I haven't done enough research to be able to say you know, if I fully agree with you or not about that. But I do know that we both can agree that it is an mRNA for sure. And what that meaning is, might we might feel is maybe different. Possibly. Sure. Possibly. What I um, like is we found common ground. Yay. <laughs> we did. And, and, and I also know, again, you have done a lot of your own research and people that I know and that you, you know, trust and agree with and, that can be a point of us having discussion for sure. But I think one thing that actually struck me between our conversations as a core value is it's funny because some people will say, and I think we talked about this on the fear episode, is that people who are not getting vaccinated are selfish and they don't care about people. But and what's interesting is I would think, right, if you were to speak on that, I would think actually no you care about people, so you don't want them to get the vaccine. Is that correct? Yeah, it started with just my personal journey, which 
some of the listeners know, just depending on how much they've listened to the prior episodes. But for me, it started with my value of, I don't want to take any kind of medical treatment that that doesn't have 10, 12 years of longitudinal research and clinical trials. So it started there. Then I started doing the digging and seeing things that I don't think most people are seeing if they're just watching certain outlets. Mm -hmm. And then that made me concerned. So for example, for my nieces, because I know that the mRNA based on Robert Malone. And again, some people might well say, well, he's been debunked, although he created the mRNA gene therapy. So that's interesting to debunk someone who actually was part of the origination of it. But it doesn't just stay in your arm. When you get the jab, it goes down to the ovaries, a portion of it. And that could, we know that women had menstrual cycle irregularities. And that was pretty well documented. I think even the CDC's acknowledged that. Yeah, it's, it's, they've acknowledged that. They have. Okay. Cause that was something that w- people were seeing kind of anecdotally for a while. And so then I, yeah, so it moved from the value of, well, personally, and this all goes into the value of a risk assessment, right? Where I did my own risk assessment. And my value was that I, as someone who is familiar with research, I understand how research works and it didn't make sense to me to put something into my body that hadn't had enormous number of studies to substantiate its effectiveness and its safety. And then as I started seeing things and I became concerned for those I love. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, in fact, you would even say that's the opposite. I'm not trying to be selfish here. I actually care about the people I love and don't want them to have any long-term really bad side effects from, from getting this vaccine, Correct. Yes. Or mRNA. Yes. Yeah, I would. I, yeah, I would definitely say that. And that's one of the reasons that I, you know, this podcast is definitely about psychology and, and therapy and relationships. And it's not necessarily something that I would have spoken to. I guess if the pandemic hadn't moved in the direction it did, I don't know that I would have spoken to it. I, I, I believe in another value. Here we go. Is personal responsibility and decision making. Like I believe people should have every right to make the decision that's best for them. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel that people were being given enough information, this whole informed consent. I don't think they were giving, given enough information to know what's going on. And then that concerned me. So yes, though, I know many people would paint me as selfish. To your point, I would argue, no, I, I don't think that that's a selfish to want people to be sure that they have all the information necessary to make a decision. And coming back to, and it always coming back to, <laughs> right? <laughs> Safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's about safety, really, when it comes down to it. Right. And then people who would say that I have taken mRNA, why wouldn't you take it? Because don't you want your loved ones to be safe? Right. Don't you want me to be safe? Mm -hmm. So we're going back again to safety, which, again, goes back to our other our other episode on fear. Right. So everything, all of this is kind of intertwined. It is. And and that's why I initially was going to do one episode covering these three elements. And then I thought, okay, they're distinct enough that we could spend some time highlighting each, but also knowing they would weave in and out. Because if we talk about values, then you go to safety. So some people are going to value safety as they perceive it as the highest value. Whereas someone else might say, for example, for me, civil liberties, bodily autonomy. So when we get into the mandates concern now, to me, that's a line in the sand. You've now told a grown-up adult that they can't have bodily autonomy if they plan to feed their family. Right. So doesn't that make you feel emotionally unsafe and or physically? I think the value ultimately is the same. So you're saying underneath my value of freedom and personal bodily autonomy, personal decision-making, civil liberties, that my fear is that if these are ripped away, I don't live in a safe country anymore. Sure. 
Yeah. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. And even on a personal level, people may be telling you what to do with your body and what you can do or shouldn't do can feel probably really unsafe. Yeah. Cause it's like, I'm the one that has to live with this body. So um, totally right. Like, no, I, I completely hear you. Then are you suggesting that underneath way underneath every value is a safety concern? I think that is foundational for yeah. everything that comes. Definitely. Anyone to just to live, <laughs> just to yeah. live needs to feel safe. So I would say that's foundational for all of that. And and we make choices based on that. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Because I hadn't thought about the safety in terms of the freedom element or the, mm-hmm. but that underneath there, there's still yeah. the safety. Yeah. Well, and think about it too, because Karen, freedom is a very, just for me personally, in my relationships, all of that freedom is a huge value of mine. It is. I know that. Yeah. And that, and that comes from my own personal journey too, right? Of maybe, you know, having to feel like I had to be compliant, right? To feel like I need to be able to speak and be able to share what's true and authentic for me. And I think for a long time and for many different reasons, I was shut down from doing that, right? So freedom Mm -hmm. for me, if someone's saying, well, you can't do this, you need to do this, right? That feels very unsafe for me too, in some ways, right? Because I'm like, uh, this is unsafe to me for people that I don't know if I trust telling me that I need to do this. It feels very power and control. It does. Mm-hmm. So it's tapping into some to some basic primal instincts that we have. Yeah, I, I like that you're explaining it in that way because I was thinking of values in general, but every value... And probably, yeah, probably at the at the root of every value is some primal survival again, and safety is integral to our our survival. If I don't feel safe, I'm I'm afraid I won't survive, and that's very threatening. <laughs> so yeah, so I hadn't thought about another layer or two underneath that value that's the one that's maybe more more accessible or tangible. Have you heard? You can now listen to my book, Single is the New Black, Don't Wear White Till It's Right. As you know, I wrote the book I wish had been available to me when I was single. So obviously, it's not about how to snag a man. Rather, it's all about how to stay strong amidst single shaming and remain true to yourself and never settle for anything less than an extraordinary relationship. Find it on Audible or iTunes. And for a free sample, check out Chapter 11 of Single is the New Black in Episode 145 of Love and Life. Yeah, and I've also thought about competing values. Obviously, we've talked about fear. We've talked about beliefs and values do compete as well. And it's interesting how when we look at some of the problems we've had as far as the conflict. And I do believe that most people, I think, like I'm thinking of my friend who's on the school board. And of course they had some parents who were pro masks. And then they had parents who were like, no, please don't put these masks on the kids. And then it would go down to information. And like you said, the trust element. And another reality, and I don't know that it's anything that we can even 
unpack all that much except to speak to it is that we do have trust in different sources. And you and I talked about that actually one time and I'll never forget it. It was very clarifying for me because I realized we were going after each other and nothing going after each other. That's strong. We were going round and round and we weren't, we are we weren't getting, people. <laughs> well, yeah, we are, but yeah, we weren't getting anywhere. And you were just like, well, we trust different sources. And then I was like, yeah. And, but here's the thing when you have policymakers making decisions, mandates, then I go, well, I don't trust those sources that are being used to create a mandate. And yet I'm a citizen and I have to abide by that. That's rough. I always thought it was partly my youngest child thing too. Like, all right, Joe Biden, you're not the boss of me. You can't, you know, you can't. I've been bo- say that once. Yeah, right. I was like, I have a, I had a day, I had a daughter brothers. I've been bossed around my whole life. You're not telling me what to do with this mRNA. That's something we resonate with, the baby. Right, we're both the youngest children. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So the value of being able to make decisions as a grown up adult is one. And and it's so interesting. It's just because I know other people feel the exact opposite. They're like, well, I trust the government and the FDA and the CDC. And I value taking recommendations from those I trust to better the community or to, to make everyone more safe is I'm sure the way they would frame it. So Kate, have you with friends or with clients, have you done any of the values clarification, helping unpack, helping, like we've talked about throughout this series, trying to say, okay, that's a value you hold. And to your point a moment ago, actually, I think your friend holds the same value. They're just feeling the the desire to demonstrate it in a different way or it manifests in a different way. Well, you know what? I usually, I usually keep it to the client and have them kind of share with me, you know, one thing that I always use to help get some clarification on values is, and it sounds kind of morbid, but when you're passed away and there's a memorial about you, what do you want people to say about you? Mm-hmm. And it's such a clarifying thing because then we start really clarifying of like, Ooh, this is who in my life I wanted to be and embody And those usually, and then they kind of come out in those values. And so then, yes. So then when they're able to clarify some of those values then say, okay, well, how does, do these values apply to this relationship? Right. You know? And how, right. how do you think that can be lived out in this relationship? You know, and, and sometimes that's a hard thing, especially if there's been a lot of pain or hurt, you just keep bringing it back to the client. And, you know, but I heard you say that this matters a lot to you to be, to live and embody this value. Mm-hmm. And I guess it goes back to safety. I'm trying to think again of some of the potential struggles that some of the listeners may have with their friends, family members surrounding all of this. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know of people who've been told don't come home for Christmas unless you get vaccinated or, you know, you can't come to this party because you're not vaccinated or someone else saying, you know, you need to get vaccinated and someone else saying, well, I wish you wouldn't. (laughs) And it's, it's dicey, especially when you have mm -hmm. family members Mm -hmm. and someone might say, well, grandma needs to get vaccinated because she's in a high risk group. And someone else might say, well, I'm not convinced that the the jab does much for grandma. In fact, it may make some of her conditions worse. I mean, what what recommendations do you have? Yeah, go ahead. yeah, Yeah. No, I mean, I would just say again, that's a safety issue and people don't get to tell people 
what's safe for them or not, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And so I would really say that everyone needs to be able to say what is safe for them or not. And maybe that may mean, okay, I can't come home because for me, this doesn't feel safe. And mm-hmm. it, it may mean that maybe I do get vaccinated because, because for me, that makes me feel safe. Mm-hmm. And here are the mm-hmm. reasons why. So I think just a general respect, right? And that that's a value of that we're all individuals that can kind of speak to what's safe for us or not. And it might look different, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'm speaking to an, an individual and relational way. You know, I this it does get complicated, right? I'm not speaking for governors or presidents or things like that, because I feel like that's that's a whole other realm, right? And mm-hmm. a whole other responsibility that I think has its own context. But, you know, as far as relationships, individual relationships, day-to-day living, I, I think a respect of people's safety. And that doesn't mean that learning has to end, right? Does it mean that maybe that person's safety won't will change or their view? Yeah, it could be, right? And right, hopefully sure. with, with time, hopefully a lot of our, you know, hopefully we'll all start feeling more and more safe in general. And then hopefully mm-hmm. this will be something we look back upon and we're like, oh my gosh, that was crazy times, wasn't it? Man, right. I wouldn't leave at all. I didn't leave my house ever, right? And then we'll have someone else say, man, I didn't wear a mask at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, and I think it's just important with our personal relationships to have hopefully some shared values of respect and also mm-hmm. trust, right? I trust you to tell me what you need to feel safe in this friendship, relationship, whatever that is. And and I will respect it. I might be disappointed for sure. And I might be even frustrated or angry, but ultimately I know that you need to do what's safe for you. And also maybe we can have conversations about this because I'd really like to understand why this is a safety issue for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I I think it's something that getting back to the whole point, like if we could all try to take a deep breath and exercise our empathy, try to see things from someone else's personal point of view, from their beliefs, from how they react and respond to fear and then their values. And And I do believe this. I mean, you're friends with someone because you share common values. That's why you have an affinity for someone. And unfortunately, sometimes, I guess, I mean, who'd have thought, but I guess a global pandemic might (laughs) have our values manifest in different ways. But yeah, but one of the values I'm realizing that has been a struggle for me is I value finding that common ground. And, you know, like I sent you that article the other day that I read that was too progressive leftists that self-identify as leftist British dudes talking about how their opinion was progressives shouldn't be in favor of mandates. And so to me, that was like, that's common ground, right? Because you're progressive and you've never said that you're like pro-mandate, but I thought, oh, this will be great. Like, oh, I'm so glad to know that there are people who identify politically in a way that I personally don't, but they, we see the common ground of like, oh, mandates, that's, that's not a good thing for anyone, right? No matter what side you are in anything. So trying to share that sort of thing, but you know, sending it to someone like you, you were like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. And then some other people, it wasn't so well received. <laughs> so um, it was like, we're not talking about this. And I'm like, okay, so, but it was said nicely. And it was the value I think was, this is such a hot topic for me. I can't go there. Totally. Even though I was like, totally. but I'm, 
I'm finding common ground here, I thought. But I trying to see that and, and again, the I think the takeaway for me from our conversation will be not only just values, not only just fear, but also that safety, which is related to fear, of course, but that's really what's happening. And so for me to send an article to someone I love who's a dear friend, that didn't feel safe for them to receive that. There you go. Information. Yeah. Yeah. You're a good therapist. Aw, thanks. <laughs> You've You're been very helpful. Professor. You're a good professor. <laughs> thank but thank you so much for having me on. I know we've kind of been going back and forth of wanting to kind of have a conversation about some of this. And I just really appreciate you, you trusting me with our friendship and with really kind of sharing on, on this podcast some different views. I think that's really important. I really appreciate you joining me. I think your entire energy and your intellect and your professional experience and your personal experience. I think you're really the perfect person to speak to this. And I hope you will join me again because I don't know that we're done with all these things. So no, hope to lot, have you a back. Lot to sift through. A lot to sift yes. through. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Thanks. The love and life hack for this week is values clarification for the win. When it comes to understanding ourselves and our relationships and certainly where there's been breakdown in our relationships based on the last couple years, let's examine our values. And as Kate noted, the safety concerns that are foundational to our values. Thank you as always for joining us today. I hope these episodes have felt helpful as you are navigating the waters of relationship distress of coronavirus. Please let us know if there's any other topic we can cover that might feel supportive. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen anderson Abril, And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abril.